Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. All right, you guys ready to get at it? We are in a series. Hey, listen, one of the things I want to let you know, and I'm really, really, um, I really been thank. I'm gonna thank you guys. Last week, um, disconnecting kind of from the atmosphere is good for me because I could hit the points a lot easier. Because today, with you here, I'm gonna, I'll, you pull me in the direction. It's good though. You pull me in the direction of where I go. So I appreciate you guys because we got great preachers in this house. Amen. Um, they preach the word of God and they're here. But last week when we went through it, the note sheet, please go over that. You got to find, you got to find your vision. Your vision's usually connected. And because I could kind of like come through via the video, you, you, I don't get kind of pulled all over the place because I hit the content and the points. Here today, I'm going to flow. So you're going to pull me where you want to go. And it's okay. It comes with the job. But that's why it's important sometimes when I teach that stuff, go back, watch the video. If you weren't here, get the note sheet. Get this stuff and find it because vision is connected to destiny, okay? And we're going to talk today more about it, all right? You doing okay? So I appreciate you guys because it's not like I just go, oh, I throw the thing on and go my merry way. No, I want you to know that it's important for you because vision, this is one of the things I really like about it. Everybody can see, okay, but not everybody has vision. They're two different things. Very important. Sight shows me what's been done. Vision shows me what can be done, okay? You're saying they're both the same. No, they're not. Anybody could see, but not everybody knows where they're going. Vision is a gift, okay? Vision is a gift, okay? And you got to see. So you're going to have to do some discovery. And let me explain something to you, okay? I believe wholeheartedly that vision is connected to the local church. I think independent vision gets kind of off track because I think anything that's not covered gets weird. So there's a level where some of you have had vision for a destiny inside of you for a long time, but you haven't been able to release it. But I believe in the right atmosphere, everything that you have in you is for a season to come out of you. But anything that's not particularly covered is dangerous. Not controlled, but covered. That's what Jesus was trying to explain when he came to John and said, baptize me. When he came to John the Baptist and said, baptize me, we've talked about this, but it's important that I get here because every, write this down, point number one, every vision must be tested for authenticity. Every vision, because we have a lot of copycat in the church because people don't have identification, so they identify with someone else and say, that's who I am, but it's really not. You got to really get quiet I think it's almost like, you ever notice how God always talked to everybody in the desert, like in the mountain, away from the noise? Because when your eyes, here's the thing, you got to remember this, your heart can't really sometimes hear when there's too many stuff in your eyes. He separates you to get away so your heart can hear from heaven. So vision, vision, vision has to be discovered. It's really not independent of a corporate body. I think it's connected to a corporate body. But first, you discover it by yourself. So you find out, what am I called to do? By yourself, and then you come into a body, and it flourishes. Is that okay? So you really got to find a place to land. See, because that's why you're looking for wisdom. You got to find somebody you can trust. That's what John was saying. So when Jesus comes to John, he's like this. He's like, hey, 
He's like, what am I going to do, man? What do you want? He said, you're the Christ. And then what did John say? He said, I'm not worthy to latch your shoe. Jesus says, baptize me. That's deep. He says, be my what? He's basically saying, be my disciple. Jesus is telling John, I'm going to be your disciple. John goes, you're crazy. I can't even latch your shoe, let alone I'm going to supposed to pastor you and lead you and guide you. Jesus says, you have to fulfill righteousness. Righteousness is God's order of doing things. Write this down. God's got an order to everything. God's got an order to everything. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Church got wacky because people didn't know what they were doing. But that doesn't mean the principles aren't still there. Does that make sense? That's why you don't trust your life with anybody. You got church hurt. You were in the wrong place. That's your fault, not, not, not God's fault. Qualified people. If we, if we ain't beyond qualified now, you got a problem, not me. You see what I'm saying? I qualify you before I give you something to do in here. You qualified me the minute you showed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if I want to give you more, then I qualify you for more. It's not my choice. God promotes. You understand? But you see how it works? It's order. So you can't get it right without the order, and people try to go around the process. But, but why does God leave the process? Because God wants two things, character and responsibility. Character and responsibility is developed in God's order. So what good is it getting it, but you don't have the character to contain it and maintain it? It's all process. You understand? It's all process. Because God don't want the same you 10 years from now. He wants a new you. Not that there's anything wrong with you, but he wants a character to develop you. See it? So it happens. Not every season is going to be comfortable. Come on. But here's the thing. For whatever season is not comfortable, as long as I stay connected, I stay safe. That's what happens, okay? People get off because they just, okay. So when John sees him, what does John say? He says, man, I'm not worthy to latch your shoe, but he releases the season. And what does he do on the other side of it? He says, okay, I do it so righteousness could be fulfilled. It's the order of how God does things. John then says, I decrease, he increases and gets out of the way. So there's a season you stay and there's a season you go. Some of you go through, some of you stay forever, some of you go on the journey, We'll confirm all of it. Why is that? Because until you, because remember this, this one's deep. This is where the spirit of God will hit the place. Understand this. I'm more concerned with your pain than I am your affection. It's a great qualifier for good friends. Okay? I'm more concerned with your pain than I am your affection. Because to keep you off the road called pain, I might lose your affection. My job is not to keep your affection. My road is to keep you off the road called pain. That's why people don't like confrontation. Because confrontation means if I could, I hate confrontation. Everybody does. Somebody says, well, you're designed for it. No, you're forced to do it. Confrontation, okay, means this. I'm going to probably lose your affection for what I'm getting ready to tell you. But I don't really want your affection. I want you off the road called pain. Most people don't want confrontation because confrontation is going to do this. You're probably going to take your love off of me. You don't like me. I don't care if you like me. I just cry with me today or cry by yourself forever. But we're going to cry. Okay? So you got to find somebody you could trust with your life. That's why you look for wisdom all your life. But are you understanding why this process is working? Sometimes you're going to hear from God what he doesn't want you to hear because he doesn't want you on a road called pain. And then guess what you do when you don't like it? You pull your affection away from God. But God could care less about having your affection. He wants you off the road called pain. Your affection will eventually come back through pain because the process will bring you back to where you started. 
Well, praise be to God. Hallelujah. You see it? We'll go slow. So what happens is in this thing, sometimes we collide for destiny. But destiny is in the balance. Now, destiny is dangerous because it's in the balance every decision you make. The biggest problem people have is they don't have vision. Because I think it's like this. You see it, then you say it. Not you say it, then you see it. Explain. Without a vision. See, the problem why people have with constraint is because they have no vision. Without a vision. And we're going to go slow. Remember, you okay? So you see what I was saying over there? Look, I'm not in a hurry. It's weighty in here today. It's been weighty all day. So what I'm saying is, all right, look, Jeff's a perfect example. I've been picking on him a lot, okay? But he's like my son, okay? He's going to listen in the next season greater than he's ever listened in any season of his life. Or we're not going to have relationship at that level. I could be your acquaintance, but if you want relationship at another level, you better be ready. Okay? So that's not for everybody. You understand what I'm saying? But you get instruction from the Word of God. This is how God does So, So what happens is, He's going to hear no. It's going to produce pain. If he chooses to take his affection for me off of me because I'm trying to tell him what's good for him, that's his immaturity. I, as a leader, cannot be scared to lose his affection. Oh, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Bless the Lord, beloved. No. Get your head out of your ears over here and let's go. See it? I'm mad. Get over it. See, that's what starts happening. But that's why we don't like confrontation, because I want people's affection. See it? But if you don't want people's affection, you don't care about what? I, I understand. If your affection's in the balance for me to keep you off the road of pain, okay, I can handle it. That's really caring about somebody. That's what you want in your life. Don't tell me what I want to hear. This is how we said it in the world. Tell me what I need to hear. Your mama's been doing this for a decade. Come on. Come on. As much as it's going to hurt me to tell you this, I got to tell you this. And then what do you do? You get mad. Big meanie. Right? You see it? That's why God connects you to something bigger than you, and the bigger than you keeps you on the road called transformation. You know what I'm saying? And then people get, I'm mad at church. I'm mad at God. Shut your mouth. What you mad at God in church for? Qualify it. Oh, you're just rebellious. You want to do what you want to do, and you want to blame God for your little rebellion. Don't worry. Your, your rebellion stick will hit you in the head because your road, I know I could prophesy your future. It's called pain. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Love it. You ain't getting out of it. Oh, okay. You don't like me. I care less. I don't need your affection. Remember I told you that. Amen. But I love you. I want it. Because vision is very critical. Because you're, what if, okay, what if Mary goes like this? You know, you know what's crazy about Mary? You ever think about Mary, the Virgin Mary? Dad? What did Joseph want to do? You know what Joseph wanted to do? He wanted her to put that kid away. That means get rid of it. All right, that'll catch up on the ride home. He was ready to put her away and the kid. You got destiny inside of you. You got, de- let me explain something about, let me tell you something that's so good. You better remember this. Don't forget this. Everything you need is inside of you. You just got to discover it's there. 
your destiny ain't outside of you. It's inside of you. God put it in a seed and put it in you when he gave you life. Inside of you is everything God ever wanted you to be and created you to be. And now your road called discovery is the way you reveal what God has already put in you. Every minute of the day, you're getting closer to greatness than you are getting further away from it. And you got to understand vision has a force to pull you there. But most people can't see because in the beginning, nobody believes in you. But you got to believe in you when nobody believes in you. But the key part is this. If you can believe in you, that's what happens. So the Bible says this. Without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people cast off restraint. So where there is no vision, there is no what? Process of guidelines because the people are reckless. The minute you get vision, guess what you're going to do? You're going to determine what you put in your pie hole. That's your mouth. When you get a vision, you understand what I'm saying? You don't just eat. People that got no vision, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Once you go to I went to the doctor, he said, I got. You start watching what you put in your mouth. Come on, guys. You're doing it everywhere. Once you get vision, you get what? Vision tells me where I can go. Vision tells me who I can go with. Vision tells me how long I can stay. Vision tells me how long to stay. Somebody like, I don't know if I'm going to work tomorrow. Vision told me, get up. See, you got to be able to see before you ever start to do. Discipline does not work for discipline's sake. It's not going to work. Discipline works because of vision. Once you see yourself there, you'll get there. As a man thinketh in his heart, Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. See? But remember this. Here we go. You guys are doing good. Right? You got to see it. We got to see it. Because once I start seeing it, what do I start doing? Because see, life becomes real simple once you get vision. Because vision goes like this. Boom, 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 boom. And the tighter you get in seeing, the better your focus. Because here's the thing. Feelings get changed with what you focus on. Right? So what happens when, what happens when I get my focus right? You get laser focus. But how does laser focus come? Vision. Because, but here's the thing. Here's the hardest thing to do. Write this down. The hardest thing to do sometimes is prepare in vision while it's hard to see vision. You know what that means? That means you get up and do it when you don't see it, feel it, take it, touch it. Nothing in your senses is telling you this is going anywhere. But you do it anyway. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Vision, vision, vision. I don't see nothing, but I'm going to do it because I know it's there. It's, can you start? It's an element of faith because it says that it's able to see the invisible and do the impossible. So sight, everybody remember this. Sight shows me what is seen, but vision shows me what is impossible. Because vision and sight are two different things. Sight shows me what has already been developed. See, everything that has potential once it's been revealed isn't potential anymore. Everything you've done up until this moment had nothing, your potential's over. Potential's in the things you have not done. Everything you've done is already finished. So potential is what you're going to do, not what you've done. Potential's still waiting to be discovered. What am I trying to get you to understand? Visual is this. Whatever's been seen, this is temporal. This is done. This is subject to change. Eternal substance creates what? New stuff. The heavenly substance. This is temporal. He said temporal things are subject to change, but eternal things last forever. Eternity from the word of God. The faith substance. 
Hebrews 11.1, 1, remember? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report. We understand the world was word or framed by the word of God. Substance, evidence of things not seen. Substance, material. Vision is a faith. Write this down. Vision is a faith substance. It's a material that's derived and comprised in faith. It lets you see what other people can't see. Caleb and Joshua seen it. They're like, what you see? We see walled cities. We see giants. We see a mess. What did he say? He said, I see the land. Let's take it. Different kind of sight. They had a different kind of spirit. They had the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith sees something different than natural eyes see because it's not looking with natural. It looks at the impossible and says it's possible because I'm working with a different substance. So we got to get you there. So write this down. This is the, this is the thing, and then we're going to go in next month's thing. Number one, your te- your, write this down. Your vision needs to be tested for authenticity. Okay? Write it down. Now, that doesn't mean you're a copycat. That doesn't mean, you know, you're wearing stuff. Everyone, every vision must be tested, and it must be tested for authenticity. Why is that? Because obstacles are going to come to see what? If you really, really for real about this thing. Okay? And if you're going to quit, guess what? Maybe you weren't as serious as you thought you were about this thing. Does that make sense? So obstacles are going to come against every vision. Business, life, you, are we married, we in love. Guess what? That thing's going to get tested. How in love are you? You got vision for that marriage? You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? You got, oh, you got vision for that relationship? We'll see how much vision you got. You're going to get pressure. Pressure is coming to get the word. Here's the thing. Remember this and don't forget it. It's really good. Look, Every persistence, you're going to have to use persistence. Let me say it like this. Use persistence in achieving the vision. Every true vision will be tested for authenticity. You must realize that obstacles are going to come against you and your vision. Even though God gave you the vision, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy to obtain it. Please don't think that you're exempt from this reality. Why? Trouble isn't going to go the other way around you and leave you alone. Trouble is going to come right at you to try to see if you're really serious about this thing. It's the truth. It's going to happen. But you've got to remember this. God's going to be faithful no matter what. That's what you have to remember. God is faithful. Why do I got to go through the process? Glad you asked. Because God's going to do this. It's very important. There's two things God's trying to do. He's trying to get you to understand you can trust him, and he's going to stay faithful. Write this down. You have a plan, but God's got the steps. It's Proverbs 16, 9. I got a plan, but God's got the steps. God has the execution for the vision. Okay? Now, how many of you know... It might not be the way you drew it up. It's probably going to take you where you don't maybe want to go, but you got to go there to get there. Is that okay? You got to. A man's heart devises his steps or his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Does that make sense? I'm going this way, and then all of a sudden the Lord starts taking your steps and moving them. You know what I'm saying? How many of you wanted to go do something else, but then God, you didn't even want to come to this church. And God's like, hey, you got to go. You're like, man, can't I go around the block? I got to drive all the way over. I didn't want to come here. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, really? He's like, hey, you called, man. You got to f- obey the call of God. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Okay, I'll do it. Don't get mad at me. This wasn't my idea. That was funny. You should have laughed. <laughs> this was not my idea. I didn't wake up one day and go, oh, praise God. Let's go start a church. This should be great. Hey, this will be fun. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think some of those people think like, oh, Pastor Chris, this was your idea. No, it was his idea. I had to obey it or not obey it. And you got to believe in you when nobody else believes in you. And you guys are in. You know what I mean? And now here we are we're all together. Well, praise be to God. 
You get what I'm saying? So we got a way of doing things. You were happy in Haiti. Maybe. You know, but you were. You were your daddy, your family. All of a sudden, God, go to America. Okay, go to America. Or go do this. Or go to, right? Everybody got a journey. You happy in there. You have everybody happy. All of a sudden, now the journey starts moving. I was happy doing this. And some of you were happy there. And look what starts happening. The Bible says this. He said, you, can you pop that up there? Let me see that, mom. So good. I think you need to get this in your head. You got a thing you think you are. A man's heart deviseth his way. But God starts, see, you, your, your heart could be going this way, and your steps start going that way. You're like, hey, 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 this was not my idea. God's like, yeah, that ain't my steps. You got an idea in your heart, but my steps, and you know what's funny about steps? Little incremental moments, a step. See, you want to run. He didn't say run. He said take steps. Don't get too far out ahead of this thing. Go slow. Remember this. You could always catch up to God. Don't get ahead of him. Because sometimes you don't have the grace to stay out there by yourself, and you create more pressure. So go slow. Ain't no sense being no rush. Ain't no rush. What you got to rush for? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm in such a hurry to get to my destiny. Why? Once this season's over, you don't get, there's no do-overs. Embrace it. Why does God use the process? Well, he uses the process for a lot of reasons, but here's one thing that's big, right? God has a plan for your life, each and every life, yet he brings those plans to pass in a gradual way. Listen to this. I'm learning that God tells us where you're going. Watch, I'm learning that God tells us where we are going with our visions, but he rarely tells us exactly how he's going to take us there. He gives us purpose, but he doesn't explain the full process. Did you get that? This is good, too. I like this. I got it in a different translation. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Okay? God's not hurrying. Don't get hurried. Why? Write this down. The root prepares us for the destination. The root prepares us for the destination. Sometimes we become impatient with God's process because we can see our destination and we want to arrive there tomorrow. So the root is preparing me for the destination. Isn't that so true? Don't you always want to get off the road fast? Right? You're going from here to there. Speed it up. I want to get there faster, don't you? Who likes traffic? Raise your hand. Nobody. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Who likes sitting and waiting? Oh, God, give it to me now. Here's the reason why you don't get it now. Number one, God needs to develop your character. Number two, he wants you to become a person that's responsible. Not that you're not. He wants you to have it at a greater level, right? Even though this route might seem long, guess what? God wants to what? And desires that you develop. Why do we need to, I don't like it, I'm mad, I don't like this. Develop character and what? Produce responsibility. Very important. Because guess what? You're going to be the same you next season if you don't fix you this season. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to do this. No, you're still going to be a mess if you go into next season messy like you were last season. Look, this is everybody, man. This is everybody. I'm not just saying you. I got to change some stuff. I got to grow. If you're not working on spiritual growth in areas of life, you're going to be the same you next season. I don't care what you change. I got a new house. You still the one in it. I got a new relationship. I got a new boo. You still the booed up you you are. You don't like me, but I'm telling the truth, right? Woo! I got me a new man. Well, praise be to God. He got himself an old woman. Old you. Y'all messed up. I ain't going to listen to no man. Yeah, I know. Here we go. See you in marriage counseling. 
<laughs> yeah, right? I don't even do that no more. I ain't going in there. <laughs> Send them to them people over there. Come by. Because I, you know, I'm being serious. It's the word of God. You don't think I'm growing? I'm fighting every day to grow. Hello? Spiritual growth don't stop just because you feel like, oh, you know, oh, now you're, everything, everything is creating change. Everything's creating transformation. You're either going to change or you're going to be the same. And if you remain the same, guess what? Guess what your future looks like? Look at your past and look at your future. They are going to be the same. No, they won't. Yes, they will. History will repeat itself because you're still the same you. So I have to get new non-negotiables about life, about how I characterize my life and how I do things in my life. Well, that's why God put you on that thing called the route to get to the destination because he wants character. You know where characters develop most? Conflict. Character's number one place of development is in conflict. But I don't like conflict. Nobody does. Guess what, though? Too bad. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what you're saying. Walk in love. It's easy to walk in love with people that love you. It's not called walking in love with them. It's called having fun. When they cuss you out and despitefully use you, and are a nightmare, and are a living, you want to kill them with your bare hands, but you don't want to go to prison. I'm just telling you the truth. Prison. Prison don't look that bad. God, help me, Jesus. Now, come on. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they're talking about you, despitefully using you, manipulating you, taking advantage of you. You just feel like, hey. And then God's like, walk in love, beloved. Beloved. Walk in love. I'm like, how about we get to punch everybody in the head, and then we repent, and then we walk in love, beloved. Would that be okay? See, I'm real. You're not being real. You're lying to yourself because you all want to do it. I'm not a violent person, but you, you, you want to write a text, and you want to say something on Facebook or something. You want to do something. Like, you want to look. It happens, guys. It's life. But how do I walk in love? Adversity creates the capacity for me to go to a, another level. Without it, I can't grow. Basically, he's going to send a tool in your life to use. I don't mean the individual, but he's going to send a, 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 well, some of you, yeah. But <laughs> he's going to send an opportunity. Let's say it like this. Let's be prophetically correct. He's going to send an opportunity for you to grow. Some of you were married to that opportunity. <laughs> Not me, some of you. Uh, yeah, no. Come on, man. You're me. Come on. What do you think? What do you think was going on? You go to work and the demon possessed guy in the cube next to you, they move him right by you. How do you think that happened? Beloved? <laughs> Walk in love. I'm like, I want to get a new job, man. Come on. I'm, like, I'm helping you. If you're hearing me, because this is the key. Remember this. Go to Hebrews 12.1. Go to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. You got to fix your eyes trusting on Jesus. You have to. I know this stuff sounds like such a cliche. Well, trust in Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus. Trust in the Lord and fix your eyes. No, you're going to learn. There's, there's a principle. Wherever you keep your eyes fixed on, okay, will keep, will keep your heart connected to. When your eyes slip off your heart, will start losing its place of balance. You gotta, it's kind of like this. 
grace is found where faith is fought. I'm going to explain it. Faith has to be in something for grace to be provided. Once you take faith off it, grace starts slipping for it. Faith and grace work together. So if you don't believe you're supposed to be there, you ain't going to have the grace for it. So keep your faith in it so you can have the grace for it. You take your faith off that marriage, it's done. I'm just telling you. Now, listen, some of you got some, you got a raw deal. Somebody come home, don't love you no more. Let me explain something about another thing about that. That you can never let anybody that doesn't have any sense speak into your life about who you are. I'm going to qualify you. You don't know nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Why are you listening to somebody trying to tell you something about you, doesn't know anything about anything, and then you think you're going to base your value on what these people are talking about? They don't know nothing. Let me qualify you. You got a PhD to speak into my life? Otherwise, shut up. Because you don't even know who I am. And I ain't even going to believe you if you did know something. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says about me. That's why I told you, don't believe you won't even, you know what's crazy about people? That's why you got to go to good church, because you won't even believe what the Bible says about you, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about you. You're going to believe what it says about you, because I'm not going to let you get away from it. Because I got faith for it to tell you when I tell you it. You got it. So look at 12 and 1. This is so good. It's what you focus on. Wherefore, I don't even know this first part. I, I, this was the first part of everybody cheering me on doesn't really move me. I kind of thought about this. Wherefore, seeing we have a great, so great a cloud of witnesses. I mean, if somebody's cheering you on, great, but whatever. But this, the other half of it hit me harder. Maybe it's for you. Maybe, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a grandstand of heaven cheering you on. I, I was like, whatever. Wherefore, seeing we all, that's just me. That doesn't move me. The second part of it moves me. That's what I'm trying to get you to say. Wherefore, he's trying to explain to you. Seeing we have a great cloud of witnesses excited about us, lay aside every weight and sin which Jesus besets us. Good, go. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Run with patience. Run with patience. You ever run with, running with patience is not easy. Because don't you want to get it over once you start running? Right? You ever run? Like I run, I don't run like miles and miles and miles, but if I run like three, four miles or something like that, I don't want to sit in this thing longer than I have to. I sure don't want to be patient about it. I want to get it over with. This is the part that got me. Looking unto Jesus, keep your eyes fixed on him. The author and finisher of our faith. Now, he explains right here. Here's the part that got me. Gee, this is the part that got me. You ready? Getting this? Watch. You got to see this now. You see this? You seeing this? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Keep going. And is set down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. Now, watch three. Read three, and then we'll go. For consider him that endured, what, such contradictions sinners against himself. Don't be weary and faint in your mind. So where you're, where you're, where you're, where, now remember this. Your mind, your mind, hear me? Your mind is going to get weary if you don't keep your eyes fixed on the place. The per, what did he say about the guy that vacillates? He said, the guy like in James, right? He said, he said, if you're like a wave of the sea, you're asking something from God, and you keep going up and down, and you basically become like a, a double-minded man. You're like a wave of the sea, right, going up and down. So what's double-minded mean? You've got two minds. 
You think one thing one minute, you think another thing another. Come on, we all do this. You think one thing one minute, you think another thing. You think one thing, one, oh, it's good today, it's bad tomorrow. No. What? Look unto him who despised not the shame of the cross, but looked at He's seen the reward on the other side of the cross. That's how come he could endure the pain of the moment. So put your eyes on the prize so you can endure the pain in the now. Most people can't do that. They don't want the pain of right now, and they don't endure the pain of right now, and that's why they forfeit the prize on the other side. If you look at the pain, you're probably going to stop. You got to keep your eyes fixed on the promise. If you stay fixed on the promise, it'll push you through the pain. You see it? Say what? Fix your eyes on him. Consider him that what? Endures of sinners against himself. Don't be weary and faint in your mind. So this is mind strength. Okay? Well, what did it say in the Bible, remember? He who keeps his mind on him, he shall keep him in perfect peace. As a man thinketh in it, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. Let this mind also be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who considered not his self the way he was. Right? What do I mean by that? He didn't consider himself, he didn't consider himself not, Abraham did it too. He considered himself not being what? Dead. No, deadness is Sarah's womb. Considered not. Jesus said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Not to think of yourself more lowly than you knew, or highly as you think, but think of the same mind. Put the same mind in you. Who considered himself to be one with God. Elevate to the place. Mind, think, think, focus. See it? Once you take, you ever, you ever try to achieve something like, how many of you went to school? Went to school, right? Went to school for something. Wasn't it hard? But you had the prize on the other side, right? Right? You had, you're getting up. Some of you did it while you were working, right? Some of you finished courses while you're working. You're like, oh my God, I'm working. I got kids. I got to do this. How many started a business, right? That ain't easy. Pain, but I got a prize. The pain, but I got a prize. But there's pain, but I got a prize. The minute you take your eyes off the goal, you start slipping in the daily. What does it do? Vision constrains. Vision tells me what time to get up in the morning, not my alarm clock. Right? Vision will tell you what to eat. You see yourself skinny, guess what? Can't put cake in my mouth, bro. Can't do I want to. Can't. Vision's telling me what to do. Catching fish. See, guys, again, you left me there. Why did you do that to me? Make you get up three. You get up three o'clock in the morning and go to work? No. You get up three o'clock in the morning. You ever do that? You ever get up three o'clock in the morning and go fishing? You wide awake. Oh, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? You tell you got to go to work. You're like, can't get one eye open. <laughs> Where the coffee? Where's the coffee, right? You going to do what you want to do? Woo, you up, man. You up and ready, tying knots all night long. Pastor Liz is like, what are you doing in the garage? I'm like, tying knots. Got to be rigged and ready to go. Once we hit the water, them things got to fly. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you, you don't like that? How about shopping, girls? We're going shopping on Saturday. Hey, we're cleaning the house on Saturday. Boo, 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 boo. Come on, you know how you do. Come on, it's okay. Vision creates what? Restraint, disciplines, activity, get you moving, get you going, get you happy. Come on, write this down. Here's a good one. Ready? Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Come on, a couple more. I'm going to give you this. Okay? 
Don't grow weary. I love that, right? What did he say there? He said, looking means here to fix one's eyes trusting. Fix one's eyes trusting. We need to focus consistently and constantly on Christ instead of our own circumstances. That's where you need gratitude and thankfulness, remember? Because worship, remember worship, gratitude, and thankfulness fixes your focus off of what it's on, and worship puts your focus on where it needs to be on God. You use that with the two elements of gratitude and thanksgiving. That's why I say, when you come into my presence, bring me thanksgiving and bring me praise. Why? Sacrifice praise. Why is that? And thanksgiving. Because it fixes your focus. It takes you off what you're looking at. Because you go in there with a bunch of problems, and you want to talk to God about all your problems. God's like, I don't want your attention on your problems. I want your attention on me. So when you go in there and say, thank you, if you're walking around having a cruddy day, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Out of your mouth. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is another thing. Write this down. You got to start thinking upon good things. You have to force yourself to think upon good things. You know, I'm going to say something here, and I, I, I didn't even know if it was right. And then I, it was crazy. I was listening to something the other day, and the guy said the same thing. I was like, well, that confirms it. Go think upon something that makes you happy. I don't even care if it's biblical. Don't think sinful, but. Okay, like, watch this. Think about, like, your kid. If your kid's going to bring you joy and you're having a, a cruddy moment, go think about your spouse. Go think about something good that makes you shift the way you feel. Does that make sense? Like, you're having a bad day. Like, this stinks. And you're trying to go to God and you almost can't get it at God. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you almost just can't even believe the word. That's going to sound so bad, but I, you know what I'm saying when I say it. Like, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I don't feel fearfully. God is good. I don't feel good. You know what you do? Think about something. Think about your spouse. Or think about something that does it for you. You know what I'm saying? Think about like, you, like I'm looking at some of you, like, right? You know what I mean? Think about the boys. She just said it right out of the heart of a mom. I think about my boys. Shift your whole attention. You know what I'm saying? Think about how God, think about your pop. You know what I mean? I like your dad. I love your dad. That's a good man. You say you got a good wife and you got a great man, but sometimes you could just, man, thank God my dad's here with me, man. I think about that a lot with my parents. Thank God they're here to enjoy these moments in life. Shift your whole head. Shift your whole head, man. It's, it's natural stuff. He said, think upon the good. You know what I'm saying? Think, just shift your mentality. Because sometimes you got to shift it. You say, I ain't got nothing good to think about. Well, think about me. I'll make you smile. <laughs> All right, James? So if you say, hey, I ain't got nothing, you say, I got a pastor. Pastor's for me, okay? All right, good. All right, you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Think about something good. Sometimes you got to shift your thinking because your thinking's getting stinking. And when you get stinking thinking, you get potty mouth. That's why you got to wash yourself with the word. Stinky, 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 nothing's ever good. Here come potty mouth, right? You see, you're talking about cussing. You're worse than cussing. You're talking on this unbelief and doubt. And we all, pressure is going to, remember this, pressure is always going to come on your tongue to say something different in the word of God. Always. That's why it's there. Laugh at it. Ha, 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 ha. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Praise the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. Get the devil mad. I got this one point. I'm going to let you go. Ready? Write this down. I'm going to give you this thing. Destiny is going to demand diligence. You can play something. Destiny is going to demand 
diligence. And this one I didn't give to nobody, but this, this is good. Okay? Because we got pulled a little bit. Now, this one's big. And I, I, I was trying to get here, but it, it was too much. Vision, 9 o'clock didn't get this. Vision is going to produce jealousy. Oh, you better believe it. I've been on this jealous kick all week. Okay, but I'm going to leave you this. Okay, just pull this in. It's going to produce jealousy of the people around you with no vision. Okay? Now, let me just leave you with this. Okay, did you get that? It's going to take discipline. But just like Joseph, you're going to come home with a hot idea and think, ooh, look at this. And think everybody's going to go, yay. They ain't going to go, yay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get all excited about it. Like, yay. And here comes jealousy. And for time's sake, I'm not going to go, but you can read it. It's, it's Genesis 37. Go home and read it. And I want to let you, un- I'm going to say something here. I'm going to say, give me a minute. You just, like, just give me one minute. Let me just, can, I, can, I give, can you give me five minutes? Let me give you five minutes here because you need to hear this. Okay? Take 20. I love you. I like you to speak my language. Somebody asked me, what's the greatest day of your life? Somebody wants to hear what you have to say. Um, Genesis 37. But you got to get this now. Just pull this in. This is really helpful. Okay. When favor hits your life, you leave common and step into unique. Okay? Now watch this. You got it on you. You got to discover it, though. It's in vision. Does that make sense? Joseph's daddy seen it and put it on. Everybody going to try to make you take this coat off. His daddy got him a coat. Gave him a coat. Coat was cool. He put his coat on. Once you put your coat on, all the creeps are coming out. See, because people don't like you getting favor. Because when you get favor, it makes them feel like, why would you get what I think I deserve? You don't deserve it. And the closer you get to God, let me tell you something about favor. I'm going to say something here, and I've never said this a day in my life. I don't think favor comes in the beginning. I think the favor comes even greater in the faithful. Meaning this, it's on everybody, but the closer you stay, the more it comes on your life. It's progressional. Now, some things just people got. Like, you know what I mean? Some guys just got it. But you can get it. You know what I'm saying? But get what I'm saying. When that coat come on him, his uniqueness, his anointing, his uniqueness was wrapped up in that because it was a type of mantle he put on. Once you put it on, the whole world is going to try to get you to take it off. You ever notice serving God costs you more relationships than not serving God? Going to another level of God, you got to get a whole new friend set. It's crazy. But if you compromise, everybody keep you in the club. You know why? Because they already compromised. You start talking vision around a bunch of people that compromise, let me tell you what they do. They get mad. Because now you're trying to make them see something they don't want to look at no more because they quit looking. So you better watch. If you're the smartest person in your circle, get new friends. I'm telling you, listen to me. So jealousy, you can play soft. Jealousy is going to rise when you start spitting vision out. Now, look, at, I, don't think, I don't think Joseph was trying to be arrogant as much as he was trying to explain. 
Now, this is the part that got me, River. I said, why'd he say it? God said, if you don't say it, you'll never see it. I said, you're messing me up. He said, no. He said, you got to get it coming out your mouth. And that is why when you said it, the test began. The minute you speak what God called you to be, time starts ticking on your destiny. And you put into motion, you put into motion what God put inside of you. But until it's ever been verbalized, it's never going to be challenged. But once it's been verbalized out of your mouth, you put it in motion. And the minute it goes in motion, every adversary and opposition is going to try to come against what God said you're going to be. Jesus, hey, who is that? That is my son in whom I'm well pleased. When he popped up out the water, the earth shook from heaven and said, that is my son. When he baptized him in the river, Jordan latched his shoe. He couldn't latch it. Okay, I'll do it. He said, that's my son in whom I will. Please. And then the Holy Spirit led him unto the wilderness to be tested and tempted of the devil. And after 40 days of fasting and praying, the first question the devil's got is, if you are what heaven said you are, prove it, kid. Because I don't believe what heaven said about you. Let me see if you believe it. Because the minute it's been verbalized, it goes on a time clock. It goes in a time clock. It's in a time clock. Your destiny. That's what am I telling you? When you get a vision, they're going to rise up. Ain't everybody going to love your vision. Why do you despise me for the things of God? Because you cannot handle the things of God. Now I've become your enemy, even though I should not be. Because the minute you see vision, you're going to find jealousy. Because people are going to rise up thinking, who you think you are? You don't deserve that. I deserve that more than you deserve that. And if you, don't, if you can't handle jealousy, you're going to have a problem with this thing. Because it's going to rise up. Some of you is going to rise up in your own house. Some of you is going to rise Well, who you think you are? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're going to go home and tell your friends, well, God gave me a dream. God told me this. God told me that. They're going to be like, well, who you think you are? Why do you think you are that? They're just revealing themselves. Vision sometimes produces jealousy. So why did I tell you that? I told you that to tell you this is why it's important. I told you. This is really important. If what you share with people doesn't make you leap when you reveal it in front of them, you better get out of that circle quick. Elizabeth, listen, go slow. Mary was told to go find Elizabeth. Why? Because what was in her made what was in Mary leap. In association and connection, and it was a safe place for her to stay because it wasn't an easy season of life to be in. And when she came before Elizabeth, her dream leaped inside of her because there was already a dream in somebody else. When you get around people, if there's stuff inside of you don't leap, move. You might just be in the place of an aborter. And they're trying to get you to abort destiny that God already placed inside of you. It's time for you to run and go get a new circle of friends because I ain't sharing too much stuff with everybody because not everybody can handle where I'm going. But here's the good news. If I share it with you and you get more excited about it than I get about it, you might just be able to come with me to my destiny because I'm not going to let the valley mess me up. My valley's just showing me who ain't coming with me to the mountaintop. You, you missed a great place. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
My valley isn't, look, 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 look. I'm in a rough spot. Good, stay there. I'm in a bad place. Good, stay there just a little longer. I'm in a tough season. It's okay, stay there. It's okay. I'm in a valley right now and I don't know what to do. It's all right. Stay there a little longer. I want to get out. No, stay in the valley. Stay in the valley. Stay in the valley. Stay in the valley. And let the process happen. Because in the valley, I'm going to qualify some people that I can take to the mountaintop. Because you can't take everybody to the mountaintop. They don't deserve to go to the mountaintop. So let me qualify you in the valley and make sure you're ready to come soar with me when I'm on the top of the mountain. Because until you qualify in the valley, I'm not taking you to the mountaintop. See, if you only like me when I'm pretty, this thing ain't going to hook up. But guess what? If you'll stay with me when it don't look good, and you'll stay with me and look like nothing happening, and you're staying with me when it looks like I'm losing my mind, and you can still walk with me, when I'm on the top, I'm taking you with me. Don't you stay in that valley and not recognize who's there with you. Everybody comes out when the lights are on. Who shows up in the darkness? Who shows up in the darkness? That's what I want to know. Anybody can come when I'm easy. Who shows up in the darkness? They go, come on. I got a dream. I got a dream. You go share your dream, people. Oh, you think? nothing leaving. Remember when you share? Try to share a church? You think you are. Try to share around people? And sometimes you get so discouraged because you think, can I talk to anybody? You can talk to God. But then God will lead you to people. You go, you, you, you can share that over there. Don't share your stuff with everybody. And it'll make you leap. You get around me talk about I like it, do it. <laughs> you have the best season of your life. The next season is going to be the greatest season of your life. You think I'm kidding? Because you're going to just stay on the road called instruction. That becomes like this. I'm 48 years old, grown man. I listen to people. I got I to submit myself. Why? Because I'm smart. I can't get in trouble. If you stay submitted, you can't get in trouble. Because if I do what you tell me to do and it's wrong, God will make it right because I'm in the right posture. <laughs> he got me out of messes. You know what's crazy? Even that, I got all the mess I ever did in my life. Right, listening. And every mess I got myself into, I didn't listen. I paid for God's so good, ain't he? You got a vision, and you ain't done. I need all you people. I'm telling you right here now. You guys, there ain't no such thing as retiring. All you guys. I need you. I need it. I'm telling you what, man. We need, I'm telling you what, I need, you guys got wisdom, man. I need everyone in here praying and preaching and teaching and opening up, man. Go reach out. We got to go reach this city. We're going to work on us for a season, but guess what? You're ready now. You're always ready to share something to save somebody help them. You know what I mean? Somebody need hope. Life ain't perfect. If you think life's perfect, you're out of your mind. Life is not perfect, but you, you, you can do this thing. All right, we got to go home. You ready? Did you get this? So when you get ready to share your vision, I took eight minutes. You know what you do when you share your vision? Select who you share it in front of. Select who you share it in front of. Because that hurts you, man. Talking about you going to do this. Think you are. Say, I ain't Come make a go. Come get a meeting with me and Pastor Liz. We'll listen to you. Cheer you on. You can do it. You know what I'm saying? Get around good people. Share your vision, man. Somebody's like, I just want to make it to tomorrow. That's a good vision. 
but you got to discover why am I here and you take it step by step you got to figure it all out so you know what man maybe I, it's funny right I'm talking about volunteering maybe that's not about a gig go volunteer I'm a volunteer I can do that you know how I started this thing I showed up in the church, man. We were young. I, I think because we were young, they all wanted to put us to work. I don't know what they want. He's like, oh, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, I was like, I can mop. That's it. I can mop and clean a grill. That ain't hard. I learned how to do it. We used to have Waffle House as a customer. So I watched the guy clean the grill. I said, how do you clean that grill? Remember I told you the story. I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. How you do it? He told me, you do this, you do this. I went back the next week. I got yelled at for it too. Al yelled at me. I said, no, this is how they do that Waffle House. You don't know nothing about a grill. They know something about this guy. This guy's a cook 20 years Waffle House. Smattered, covered, smothered, shovered, whatever that is. So I did it the way the Waffle House guy did it. He threw ice on it and did it with a razor. I did it the way I knew how. I did it. I mopped the floor. I said, they do it in an S. I figured I'm working for God, Jerry. They told me to shut off the lights. I shut off the lights three times one time. Are they off? Are they all off? <laughs> I was nervous. It's like, I'm working for God, man. And Al says, one day, I'm mopping the floor. I don't want to be bothered. He said, next week you preach. I said, I don't want to preach these people. I ain't going over there. I don't want to do that. I laid on the floor. Mike, I laid on the floor a half hour, hour before I went to go preach the first sermon, freaking out of my mind, laying on the floor with my face in the ground going, I don't want to do this, God. This is crazy. I thought I stunk. I did it. I was done. I was like, that's enough of this. I quit. First sermon I ever preached for real, for real. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to an addiction recovery rehab center. I'm in Bible school. My buddy was going out of town. He had this gig. He goes, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you go? It was a Sunday. I had to miss church. So I said, yeah, I can go. I'll do it. So I asked the Lord. I said, yeah, Lord, I'll do it. You want me to do it? He said, yeah. I came back the next day. I said, God told me to do it. I went. He was out of town. I preached to all these people. I preached my best stuff. It was the most miserable experience you've ever seen in your life. I, I'm going to tell you what happened. I quit at the end of it. These people are looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. I preached. It hit me, hit them, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit them. I quit. I said, that's it. That's all. I swear to God. I'm not, there's no exaggeration. I'm not, I know I'm saying it in a weird way. I'm just telling you, to, I don't lie to you, but I'm telling you, God's not true. This is how I ended it. Yeah, God did this. I said, I'm done. That's all I got. The lady's husband was gone and she looked at me. She goes, is this guy for real? I'm like, that's it. That's all I got, lady. That's it. That's, that's a year of Bible school. What do you want from me? I'm just done. These people are baked. I'm shot out. I think they're all still high. I don't know. I, I'm just done. I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm high right now. I, I can't. I'm like in a daze. I heard, every, I heard every voice in this room loud and clear in my ear, in my head, the whole while I've been up there for 25 minutes. I am agonizing. I want to go home and call it a day and be done. She looks at me. She goes, well, are you going to pray for the people? And I swear to you, no exaggeration. I went like this. Okay. Does anybody need prayer? It's this bad. Never forget as long as I live. There was a lady in the front row. Little skinny lady. I never forget her as long as I live. She went, I do. I went like this. I'm not kidding. I went, really? <laughs> are you serious? She's like, yeah. I was like, I jacked up praying for her. I literally jacked up the sinner's prayer. I jacked the whole day up. And I sat down. And I could hear it like swirling around my head like, you stink at this. You better go get a new job. You are never, that wasn't even in a job, you know what I mean? But you, you, were, 
you were in Bible school. You're really bad. And I said, this is horrendous. And I could hear it like all around me. And the Lord spoke to me and says, but what about the lady? What about the lady? And I said, man, I'll never quit. I'll never quit. I said, I might not be good at it, but I'll never quit. If this is what you want me to do, I'll do it, but I'll never quit. Man, it changed my life. That one little lady raised her hand. One little lady raised her hand. I said, God, I said, I'm sorry. I said, you really want prayer? She said, yeah. I said, well, all right. Just come up here. God, save her here. Blah, 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 blah. It was bad. What am I trying to get you to say? It was vision. But nobody sees it in the beginning. Just you. Nobody believes in it in the beginning. Just you. Nobody understands it in the beginning. Just you. And you don't even have the full picture. You just got a little piece of it that says, I gave you this. You go, really? And time will tell. But don't quit. Do ever quit. Don't you ever quit. If it's one, one million, one hundred million, I don't care. Don't you ever quit. You don't quit. And let me tell you something. Well, I didn't make great decisions. Nobody did. Nobody did. The lack of making great decisions makes your testimony even greater. Because you've experienced those. You know, you ever read the smartest guy in the world, Solomon? You ever read Solomon? You ever read Solomon from it? You ever read Ecclesiastes? I was here, I was there, I was rich, I was broke, I was jacked up, I was with God, I was in God. He goes, I don't know, it's all junk. He lived for God, then he didn't live for God, came back, told us about living for God. He said, living for God is better than not living for God. That's the gist of it. But he said, I did it all. And I know God. God is great. So you ain't wasting no time serving God. Amen? Come on, stand up on your feet. You guys did great today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.